Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Ascent Conversations podcast. My name is Mark. I'm Roberta. And today we are joined by one of our really, really good friends, Brittany. Hey. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, we are so glad that you can be with us uh, to have this conversation. And today we're going to have a conversation about women in the church, women in leadership, <laughs> women in ministry. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so uh, a, a big topic, a yes. heavy topic. Um, right off the gate, we'll say we probably won't cover everything. Yeah. Um, you, you'll probably hear this and have a lot of questions. And we think that's good because these conversations are not meant to be a definitive answer. They're meant to lead to further conversation. And so if you have questions, um, or anything like that, like that's good. Yeah. Uh, we want to mot- motivate you to continue to, have the, to, to continue to have the conversation and lean into this topic. But we're talking about women in leadership, uh, both of you are women and both of you are in leadership. And so you have a lot of experience in this area. And so I thought it'd be great if we just started off, maybe Roberta, you can start and then Brittany, you can go. We want to hear about your experience as women in ministry, mm-hmm. women in the church, women in, in leadership positions. Yeah, I feel like I don't have so much experience. Like we're 25 and 26, or 20, 24 and 25. Um, are we both 25? Wow, I forgot how old Brittany was. I'm a bad friend. Just a baby. Just a baby. Um, and I also, before we speak, I just want to say like this, we're going to speak with so much confidence in what we say. And it's going to sound like, oh, they they don't even think about the other side. And like, we do know that there's another side. And mm-hmm. the reason we speak with so much confidence and so much clarity is because we've done the research. Yeah. We've wrestled with this. And by research, like biblical research. Yes. research, looking into and trying to understand the Bible. Yes. So this has been something that we have wrestled through. Um, and what you're hearing today is just the outcome of that. Yeah. Um, by no means are we just saying something because we it feels good to yeah. us. Yeah, this isn't based <laughs> on feeling. And I, I no. guess I, I will say this, like, if you want to learn more about our, you know, theological position on this, mm-hmm. uh, a few months ago, we hosted this event, uh, a women's event called GLOW. Roberta and Brittany actually made it happen. And uh, our lead pastor, Pastor Todd, who is the lead pastor of Riverwood Church, um, gave a talk and he talked about the theological kind of conclusion that he came to after studying, you know, some key scriptures. Mm-hmm. And, and he arrived at, at this position, our position, Riverwood's position about women in leadership. So mm-hmm. if you want more information, you can totally check out that, that it's it's on the Ascent podcast. Yes. Um, and then also maybe just reach out to, to Pastor Todd, yeah. send him an email and uh, you can talk to him more about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think starting with my experience, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So when I did start coming to church, I was 14. And I remember, I don't think that the church I grew up in, great church, I don't know if I ever saw a woman on stage besides doing announcements. Hmm. I don't think through my whole, like those formative years of first being a Christian, did I ever actually see a woman preach. Actually once, but with her husband. <laughs> so that was the only experience I ever had. And so when I felt a calling to be a youth pastor, I really wrestled with it. And I remember someone said to me, oh, well, you're allowed to be a youth pastor. You just can't be a senior pastor. <laughs> and so that was, again, kind of a wrestling of like, okay, like, can I not ever be a senior pastor? Am I only supposed to be a youth pastor? And when we went to Bible college, I mean, Mark and I, that's where we met. And there's so many different opinions. Mm-hmm. So you're basically in this like really tight knit community and you know what everyone thinks about everything. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting some opinions of like, yeah, women can be pastors or no, they can't. Or, you know, support your husband, support this person. And so I think my a huge part of my calling was that I kind of felt not as important as Mark's calling. And so for me, it was always kind of feeling like, well, he's called to be a pastor and I'm called to support. And so really just like kind of feeling like that part of me was denied and and not because Mark did it or because anyone did it. It just felt like, 
Well, a few key people had told me that, like support Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really felt like, okay, I'm, maybe I'm not called to be a pastor. And so I really did feel um, a suppression in that calling. And I, I ended up going to social work, which I love my job because God is so gracious to use it all. And mm-hmm. I really, truly love what I get to do every day. Um, but I really felt this last November, God just breaking chains and being like, I've called you to lead. And not even just being a pastor, but just leading at the Ascent or leading at Uprising. And slowly the last four years, I had kind of stopped leading more Mm -hmm. and more because I thought, well, if I'm leading, people are only going to think I'm leading because of Mark, not because of anything I've done or because God has actually called me. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of took steps back and became more insecure and just had this moment of God being like, no, I have called you and you need to be confident in this calling. It's really hard to have that sometimes as a woman um, because you feel like it's almost... I don't know, offensive to be so bold in your calling. I don't know if you felt that, Brittany, but you feel like it's maybe a little too much. And now I'm just of the opinion of like God has called me um, and how that calling is going to play out the next few years, who knows? And and I'm trusting God for all of that. Um, But yeah, I think that's kind of been my journey and wanting to step back into leadership and Mm -hmm. and all of that. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, Brittany, why don't you? Yeah. So I guess I had a little bit of, not opposite, but very different from Roberta because I grew up in a Christian home, but not only that, but like both of my parents are pastors. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I was so blessed to be able to see a woman in a key leadership position at Mm -hmm. the church, um, which was amazing. But I feel like there's kind of two dimensions to my story because on one hand I did see it. Um, My mom, she was the children's pastor for like 10 years while I was growing up and then she became the marriage and um, care pastor at our church. Um, and so I did see it, but I never saw it as like a common thing or as like, a, I guess like head leadership type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was always kind of like, oh yeah, women can be leaders, women can be pastors as long as they're under men. Mm-hmm. And no one ever told me, my parents never taught me that because they don't believe that, mm-hmm. but that's what I saw. Yeah. And so um, I was basing all my belief on kind of like what you said, like mm-hmm. you never saw it. So I saw a part of it, but not... Um, I saw myself, I guess, through the lens of I could be a ministry director, I could be a ministry leader, I could be some sort of pastor, but I could never be the lead pastor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of one dimension of it. And then the other dimension um, was I never questioned it until I went to Bible school. Um, and so I did a year at Cape Henry in England. And over this year, God was really starting to like tell me what my calling was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I'd always question it. I always say, when I was eight years old, people would tell, ask me what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I said, I want to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. So I think that God like planted something in me when I was eight. Um, mm-hmm. And then he started to bring it back when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was exploring it at Bible school, I was so excited because I finally was like, yes, I know what I'm going to do. It's like the big <laughs> question everyone asks. I'm like, yeah. I finally know. Um, and then there was one lecture. It was not on women in leadership. It wasn't even about leadership at all. We were looking, I think, in like first or second Timothy. Um, but I don't even remember what the actual conversation was about. But one of our lecturers went into this conversation of women in leadership and he directly said women cannot be pastors the Mm -hmm. role of a pastor is only for the man and that had been the first time i actually heard it said out loud Mm -hmm. which completely rocked me and so i leaned over to um the person who was sitting beside me and i'm like that's dumb like why why would they believe i love britney's bluntness (laughs) i was just like i've never heard that before i'm like this guy's an idiot um which is not true he was a brilliant brilliant professor um but the person beside me he was like, oh, no, I, I agree with that. And I'm like, there's more than one. <laughs> what? Like, it, was, it blew my mind. I remember calling my parents that night and just crying. So I was like feeling like my calling was being taken away from me. Yeah. Um, 
but it was being taken away from someone who didn't know me, who I didn't have any trust in or like I didn't know this person. They just kind of came off the street and started teaching us. And I know mm-hmm. that my school respected um, respected him and that he is a great teacher. But I think his theology was really uh, flawed and he wasn't seeing it um, from the perspective that God wants us to see it. And so after that, it kind of had to like rebuild what I believed. And that's when mm-hmm. I looked into the, the theological side of like, okay, what does the Bible actually say about this? Mm-hmm. And I was able to come to the conclusion that it's like, no, God did call me to be mm-hmm. a leader. God did call me to be a pastor. I don't know what form that's going to take or what that's mm-hmm. going to look like, but I can walk into it just a hundred percent confident in my calling. Yeah. And those little voices of people who are like, no, women can't be leaders. Women can't mm-hmm. be pastors. They're not idiots. They're not no. dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they just don't understand and maybe they haven't even seen it. Yeah. And you, it's very hard to believe something you haven't seen. Yes. Yeah. I was talking to a senior pastor and she's a lead pastor in Montreal. I think has the largest church in Montreal. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. said when people don't see it, they, they can't put it together. You can't imagine you it. You can't imagine it. Yeah. So if we're to say like women can be lead pastors, it's like, I've never seen that. Yeah. So it probably and it's can't so work. Subconscious, because <laughs> yes. it's not even like people acknowledge. I've never seen that, therefore it can't be done. Yeah. They've just never seen it, yeah. so they're like, oh no, like it, it can't be done. Like it's not like they say it out loud and mm-hmm. come to that conclusion. It just happens very subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And I think too, what people might not understand is if when you say things like, well, can women really be pastors? And I don't think it's bad to question it, but when people have come to me and talked to me about that, it's hard not to take it personal. Yes. To not yeah. automatically feel like, oh, great. Now I have to defend my leadership and my calling to yeah. you. And you really feel, um, yeah, you feel personally attacked. And that's never usually the heart behind the person. Mm-hmm. They just want to know more. And I think it's always great. But you do feel this sense of, yeah, this sense of attack. And you really have to fight against that yeah. to be so confident in what God has called you to do. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's hard because I feel like for for men, they might have to defend their calling, maybe in different ways, mm-hmm. um, through different weaknesses or whatever, but we have to do it just because of our gender. Yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes when I first started preaching, it was a huge thing to go up on stage and I'm like, anyone else who goes up on stage, if they're a bad communicator, people are just gonna say, or if it's a man and they're a bad communicator, they're just gonna be like, oh, that person's not a good communicator. Yeah. Um, just because that's their weakness. But if I go up and if I'm a bad communicator, I'm a bad communicator because I'm a woman. Mm. And so there's this extra layer of like having to represent my gender in all of it. But then at the same time, like God never asked me to do that. He asked me to to follow my calling and Mm -hmm. to um, honor the word that he's given me and to share that with my community. He never told me I needed to represent my gender well that's not why I go up on stage Mm -hmm. but that just feels like an extra little burden sometimes yeah absolutely Mark and I were talking to a friend and he was talking about one of his friends who she's becoming a pastor and she had preached in front of a couple of the staff and, and it was all male staff that actually had listened to her and afterwards they said well you preach like a girl and I'm like what well, what is she supposed to preach like? (laughs) Of course she's going to preach like a woman because we're a women and we're going to bring that. And I think... And like to make that a bad thing. Yeah. It's like you preach like a girl and that's bad. Yeah. It's like actually, no, that's really good. Yes. Like you should (laughs) preach like who you are. Absolutely. Like if, and that goes for everything. Like if Mm -hmm. you're a, if you're a guy or a girl and you, and, and you preach like someone else, some other random communicator, 
like that's not good either you mm-hmm. need to be true to who you are yeah in every like sense of that whether it's gender mm-hmm. or personality yeah. or yeah. or style or whatever it is you need to be authentic yeah and the yeah. church needs the feminine voice yes just like it needs the masculine and this yeah. isn't like we don't want to ever dis men because no. the church needs the masculine we love voice men. <laughs> but it also needs the feminine voice yes it needs to be 50 50 and that's always when i think of like what do i want to do by the end of my life like i want to see the church 50 50 in leadership wow. mm-hmm. um because that's how god created it god created man and women yeah. and equally um and so we each have something to bring to the mm-hmm. table and it might look different and our leadership styles mm-hmm. might look different because god created men and women unique mm-hmm. um but the church needs both yeah and there's yeah. so much strength i think yes. i think it was patty miller again yeah. who said shout out to um, patty miller yeah, she, <laughs> <passing>. <laughs> um, she had talked about she had said this to you um how the enemy is so smart yeah. to uh, paralyze and take out half the church yeah. yeah to have this you know predominant doctrine or theology kind of rise up and disable 50 percent of the church from having a voice Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. so so smart Mm -hmm. and it's all in the name of god like it's not in the name of evil yeah um and so i think that's just so true like i I think the church is limping right now um i I think even just that idea of not seeing yourself right and that's Mm -hmm. in everything you even talk about um you look at different actors or actresses who you know maybe the the first Indian actor or the first black actor or mm-hmm. female in a starring role you look at these people and you you hear them in interviews mm-hmm. and they talk about how they never saw themselves yeah on Mindy screen. Cowling yeah. always says yeah. that right it's like I didn't see myself yeah. so I didn't know this was possible yeah. I mm-hmm. think that representation is so key not even just in like raising up female pastors or, mm-hmm. or pastors or ministry leaders but just like leaders in general yeah to see yeah. a woman preaching paves the way for a woman to become a CEO yeah. or mm-hmm. to start her own business yeah. or to um, just not be boxed in. It's like, oh, you're a woman. You have to be this. So I think it like opens the door to a whole world mm-hmm. of leadership for everyone. Yeah. yeah. But the sad thing is like right now the secular world is leading this area yeah. and that's not how it should be. Like, yeah. I mean, you look at um, in the States, like there was a woman that ran for president. Mm-hmm. How incredible is that? Yeah. Like not saying anything about politics, but how incredible mm-hmm. is that that a woman ran for president yet mm-hmm. we're still weary of women leading in our churches or yeah. like there's women CEOs and some of the top communicators are becoming our women yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's like okay the secular world they've got this mm-hmm. yeah. why hasn't the church like we need to be leading the way we're the ones who understand our identity in Christ yes. so yeah. we should be the ones to proclaim that to the world mm-hmm. but it's the opposite right now Yeah. and again that comes from a place of like what we believe the Bible says about Mm -hmm. all people leading it's not like oh the world gets to say and dictate how we respond Mm -hmm. it's like no we need to look at scripture understand scripture in the heart of god and then lead the way in what god is trying to create and orchestrate for all of his Mm -hmm. people yeah and i think it's a whole other layer of just being so secure in your calling whether you're a woman whether you're a man because there will be things that people should say, there's something wrong with you, you shouldn't lead. Mm-hmm. There's always going to yeah. be something mm-hmm. people are going to point out to you. You know, you're not funny enough, you're not smart enough, you're not this enough. Yeah. And it's just becoming so secure in that calling and being okay with, you know, sometimes I say, I'm too busy leading. Yeah. I'm too busy leading to hear the mm-hmm. haters. I have people who will call me out if I'm doing something wrong or if I'm being, you know, unreasonable or whatever. But I'm too busy to listen to people tell me yeah. I can't lead. Because God has called me to lead. And it, and it's scary to say that out loud. And it's scary to walk in that. But when you feel that and you're able to walk out in that, it's actually crazy and so freeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly freeing to have that. Um, and I also think that, again, helps you to reconcile with people who 
I think are amazing ministry leaders who are paving the way in the church mm-hmm. who might not think that I could stand on a stage and preach. And that's hard to reconcile that, but it's also being okay with that. Mm-hmm. And to say like, God is still using them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we have differences here, but God's still going to use them and God's still going to use me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the reality is like, not everyone is going to love you. Yeah. And like, it it's sounds hard. <laughs> so easy, but like um, something that I've been learning that my dad has really been teaching me over the past year is um, this idea of a bell curve where 20% of people are always going to hate whatever you do. Yeah. And 20% of people are going to absolutely love whatever you do, no matter what. That's my sister right there. I can never <laughs> trust what she says because no matter what I do, she'll love it. Yeah, yeah. it's um, awesome. It's always yeah, it's always perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not helping me Amy learn. the encourager, yeah. <laughs> no, she's great. I need people like that yeah, in my yeah. life. Um, so there's 20% of people that are going to hate you. There's 20% of people that are going to always love you. And then mm-hmm. there's the 60%. Yes. And it's that 60% that... Um, that we're trying to move forward and yes. we're trying to teach. And so when I preach a message and I hear of one person that didn't like what I said or was yeah. against me or whatever, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, one person out of a hundred, that's only a small percent yeah. of the people who actually didn't like what <laughs> I what I was preaching. Yeah. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's learning to just accept that and be okay with it. And yeah, being confident in your calling that's mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter if someone doesn't believe in me or not. I know my anointing. Yeah. People that I trust have told me of my anointing. Mm-hmm. And so I walk in that confidence. Yeah. No, it's so important to remember that and to go back to like, okay, what has God called me to do? Mm-hmm. Because God has called some people to be, you know, Christine Kane, and he's called some people to be like this and that. And so it's knowing where you're called and going yeah. in that lane. And it's so easy. Even in myself, I find myself being like, oh, I wish I could preach better. Like, if only I could speak like like a Christine Kane or a Joyce Don't Myers. That. Don't we all wish that, right? But it's like, okay, God has called her to be her. Yeah. Or, you know, Don Cherie Wilkerson, again, incredible communicator. Yeah. He's called them to be that. And what has he called me to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think sometimes as a woman, I feel like I have to be all these things mm-hmm. to say, women can do it all. We can preach. We can lead. We can, you know, start ministries. We can do this. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what? has God personally called me to do yeah um because I'm a woman in spite of me being a woman all those things right like what has he called me to do yeah and I think everyone feels that even a man would feel that right yeah and I think that's so important in just like every area of leadership period Mm -hmm. is just to like what has God called you to do and like are you so convinced of the vision you have and the dream that you have like this is from God and Mm -hmm. no matter what opposition gets in my way no matter what obstacles or challenges or trials come like I'm moving forward because I'm convinced Mm -hmm. like I know Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the grave and he ascended into heaven and Mm -hmm. he has called me to this and so I'm going to dedicate my life to it and Mm -hmm. if you think I can't do this because of this or that or this or that whatever I'm still going to pursue it because Uh, you know, we, we read in scripture, Paul says like, I'm not trying to get the approval of, of man. I'm Mm -hmm. working and I'm living my life for God, for Jesus and only his thoughts and Mm -hmm. only his opinions of me matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever everyone else thinks, like that doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And like you're gonna have haters no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like no matter what, people haters are gonna, gonna look hate. down on you. <laughs> haters are gonna hate. Yeah. Always. <laughs> and I think like and like people who disagree and people who uh, maybe who think differently, like they're not the enemies either. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think yeah, like sure. um, you know, it, it can be so easy to look at someone who is a naysayer and say they're they're the enemy. And my, I need to fight against them. Yeah. But I think it's so important to recognize like whether we have differences in all areas, yeah. whether it's politics, mm-hmm. whether it's economics, whatever, mm-hmm. our differences actually don't divide us. They make us human. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so like, how do you remain 
unified and love each other and support each other no matter what regardless mm -hmm. of your you know your theological stance or your political position or whatever mm -hmm. yeah right it's like how can we work together mm -hmm. and i think like even for me there was one point where i i, I became a christian at 17 and i just heard mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff and i was like oh so women can't be senior pastors and i believe that because mm -hmm. i heard it yeah. and i now believe that is absolutely just untrue not biblical not the heart of god at all but I went on this journey to get there and yeah. I think people are in different parts of the journey. Yeah. And like all of us in this conversation have gotten to this place and we've arrived mm -hmm. at a destination, but other people are still on the journey. And so mm -hmm. I think to look at someone and say like, ah, I hate you because you're on a different <laughs> journey is actually, again, not the heart of God either. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how do we just hug everyone mm -hmm. and like try to through conversation and in relationship, like mm -hmm. show them maybe a new perspective. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, because we really just want to like journey with people yes. through that, and like that's kind of what my goal in my life is is to help people journey. Like me standing on a stage and like preaching and saying you're wrong is not going to change no. people's minds, right? <laughs> no. It would have been changed by now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it's actually yeah, journeying with people through that, and also looking back, like there's been a lot of hurt in the church. So mm. what are people walking into that conversation with? What is their background? Yes. What have they been taught mm -hmm. or what have they seen? And starting there, like I think before we step forward, we need to, with each individual person, we have to step back and be like, mm. okay, what's been your experience? Yeah. Now let's move forward in this. Well, I think Jesus does that. Even in the Bible, we see with women, he goes down in the dirt, right? Yeah. With the woman mm -hmm. with the, who was caught in adultery. Yeah. He got yeah. on her level mm -hmm. and really connected with her. And there's... There's really a line because there are people who are never going to agree with you. It's that 20% yeah. on the bell curve. Yeah. So I am probably not going to continue to have conversations with people who are just never, they just want to argue. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not going to be they're helpful. They're not listening, they're just speaking. No, they're just yeah. speaking. And so it's finding that sweet spot of like, okay, I'm actually going to listen to this person. I'm actually going to take time for that because it's going to go somewhere. It's not mm -hmm. just going nowhere. Um, just, I, sorry. Sorry, I just wanted to, no, because I just wanted to say, I think it's important. You have really, you've raised up women. And mm -hmm. you've seen women leaders and you've taken the time to like make sure that women are, you know, on stage at the ascent, on stage at uprising and kind of what is your process? Because it's always natural for us to look for those who look like us, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be easy for Brittany and I to look at, you know, young women and be like, oh my goodness, we have to raise the, and which is good. Yeah. But also like, how do you look at people who are different than you and still see that leadership potential? Um, I think for me, the biggest thing has been a willingness to listen. Right. And, and to say like, and I think this is so important in just like every area of life, when someone shares their experience, it doesn't matter if you disagree. It doesn't matter if you can find the data to prove them wrong. It doesn't matter if you can find this article or this, you know, news clip or whatever. And it's like, no, you're wrong. Your experience, like we don't actually get to say that someone's experience is wrong. If both of you sharing your stories, like it's your experience mm -hmm, yeah. and that's your that's your life lived and, mm -hmm. and you went through that. And so whether they're feelings or facts, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. That's your life. And so my thing has always been like, I want to listen mm -hmm. and understand just people share yeah. your experiences with me. And so I think even talking to like YouTube, for example, and just hearing your hearts and, and, and what you've been through, um, then I'm able to like come to conclusions on my own and, um, and then like try to just be a champion. Right. I think for me, it's just being intentional. So my goal, I think when I look at scripture, my understanding of the Bible is that we would have just this flourishing community of men and women mm -hmm. based on what I observe, based on, you know, speaking to women who are leading, 
that's not the case right now. It's not 50 mm-hmm. 50. No. It's not, it's not men and women leading together. I, I said it before, like the church is leading with, like with a limp. We're limping yeah. right now because we're not, everyone is flourishing. And so for me, it's like, okay, there's a problem. What can I do to solve it? Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like, it's like, I've made this, I'm not a woman, <laughs> uh, but I've made this issue a very important issue in my life because so many people near to me are, are, are women and they feel this, this lid over their lives. So I don't have a fight. I don't have to fight that fight. Sorry. Right. I don't have a lid as I'm, as a, as a, as a male in the church, I don't, I don't have a lid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what is my fight then? My fight is to remove the lid for other people. Mm-hmm. And so I want to do everything that I can mm-hmm. to take the lid off of each and every person. So that looks like giving opportunities to preach, giving opportunities to lead. And it's not just because I feel bad. Mm-hmm. It's like, I see something. I think one of the things God has gifted me in is like the ability to see potential. Mm-hmm. And so if I see potential, regardless of if you're a man or a woman, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to give you opportunities and try to bring that mm-hmm. out of you. Um, and that's certainly been the case for you guys. And that's certainly been the case for a lot of other uh, women who are on who are on our stage, who are preaching, who are just leading in different ways. Mm-hmm. But I think it comes down to being in- intentional. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think that's so key is like, there probably is, there definitely is a tendency to like, gravitate towards people who look like you, totally. who think like you, yeah. who dress like you. But I think intentionality to be like, I'm going to actually try to find someone who, when we're together, we form a well-rounded team yeah. with mm-hmm. strengths in different areas, weaknesses and strengths that complement each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the male-female dynamic is really good at like creating this well-balanced team. So yeah. that's just a few of my thoughts on it. And I think it's, you know... When you say that, and I, I'm just kind of thinking now, it's so important even for Brittany and I to just not be the angry woman. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. personally could have that tendency. Oh, to same. Just, yeah. 100%. Like, because I think when you, you have leadership capabilities, you're like, I can just walk right around anger, you. Right? Yeah, like I just could do circles around you right now. And I really felt convicted once. And I'm like, I don't want to be the angry woman. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I want people to listen to me. Yeah. Because I'm not an angry person. So mm-hmm. I want to be the person God has made me to be. And I want to be... A person people want to follow yeah and people don't usually want to get behind someone who says what they're against so i want mm-hmm. to make it so clear like even on this conversation we're not against men we're not against people who think different than us mm-hmm. but we're just for the church flourishing and yeah. all its potential yeah. 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 and that's what we're for and that's our heart completely even in this conversation yeah definitely and i love like everything that mark has said like i've experienced mm-hmm. like i am the leader i am today because of mark um and what I love that you always say is like culture is caught, not taught. Mm. So you could go up there and you could preach all you want about women yeah. being in leadership, but you don't. You just put us up there <laughs> and you just give us those opportunities. Mm-hmm. One time I heard a pastor say like, yeah, if you're you're preaching that women are equal, yet I don't see it in your life, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's, it's so much more than just a theological issue or something that can be t- taught. Like it's a cultural issue. Mm-hmm. And so how do we shift culture? Mm-hmm. It's by yeah I don't know putting us on stage and also like understanding that we don't have to wait for a man to give us opportunity often I think we have this idea where it's like well no one's giving me opportunity it's like Mm -hmm. okay go out and and find it yeah (laughs) start preach girl (laughs) lead in any sphere like this isn't we're not just talking about women as pastors we're talking Mm -hmm. about women in every single sphere Mm -hmm. of our Mm -hmm. lives like if you're going into business lead in that if you I mean 
into med school or into any sort of like medicine field, like mm-hmm. lead in that. Um, if you want to be a stay-at-home mom, lead your family yeah. in yes. that. Like mm-hmm. no matter what sphere of life you are walking into, um, you can be a leader, yeah. both men and women. And yeah, all of culture is going to flourish when yeah. we start to realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's so incredible. And and I do think like, yeah, that what we've seen from the ascent even being successful and, and you know, success in the sense of, you know, we're seeing people come to Jesus. We're seeing, yeah. you know, new young adults every week and all of that. I think it's because we're willing to put people of diversity on the stage mm. and we're willing to kind of say like no we're going to look for these people because that that is important and so i'm just i love the ascent because i think it's so incredible i love riverwood and their heart mm-hmm. for women and how they've you know really said like we love women please preach like we want to see this mm-hmm. so that's what's been so incredible mm-hmm. well thanks Brittany. First conversation. Yeah. We could go for hours just so My you guys know. <laughs> I think I Brittany it. and I have probably spent how many hours do you think you and I have spent talking oh, about this like topic? Days. Days. Just talking. Just yeah, because this is such a long conversation. So even yeah. if this has kind of like brought some questions or, you know, maybe we didn't cover we obviously didn't cover yeah. everything. Yeah. Please message us. Like yeah. we would love to talk yeah. to you more about this. This what, is something what are what are your guys' uh Instagram? So maybe someone's listening and they want to reach out to mm-hmm. you guys. Would that be the best way? Instagram? Yeah, yeah. do it. Okay, what's your Instagram, Brittany? It's just Brittany Petka. Yeah. Brittany Petka. At yeah. Brit- Brittany. 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 I used to think my name should have been pronounced Brittany, and I went around correcting everyone. It's not Brittany, it's Brittany. <laughs> so Brittany Petka, P-E-T-K-A-U, and yours, Roberta, Robbie is Rosalind. Robbie Rosland. R-O-B-B-I-E. And then R-O-S-L-U-N-D, Robbie yeah. Rosland. Yeah. So hit them up, DM yes. them, and ask them any questions. Ask them for coffee. Oh, we'd love to just chat. We're all chat. in this together. We and, are. Yeah. And that's the, cra- that's the cool thing that Brittany and I have noticed, and I know we're trying to wrap up, but I just also want to add, when we like have worked together on something like glow it's been so incredible because women coming together and just supporting each other is the best and i really believe like any success i have is because i have like four women behind me being like you're amazing we love you keep going (laughs) 